1: IB Nation, what's going on? Happy Monday from everyone at Irish Breakdown. This is the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour, bringing you the recruiting news that you need to know every single Monday, and especially as we get into a very important week. I am Ryan Roberts, the Director of Recruiting here at IrishBreakdown.com. Joined by my guy, Sean Davis, who is here with me every single Monday to break down some of the hottest topics in recruiting. We know Sean, It's Clemson week, buddy. So (laughs) this is going to be a very informative show. If you're not signed up at the message board at Bards.AverageStrakeDown.com, we just added about 40 players that will be in attendance to the visitor list. I even made it into a nice little post on the board. So if you're not signed up, you should go check it out now because we're going to talk a a lot uh, about a lot of guys today, but we're not going to hit on all of those players because we would otherwise be here probably for about six hours. And, you know, some of us, Have work to get done, so we're not going to be on here for six hours. But go, again, the boards at IrishBreakdown.com. You can check out that message board. If anybody's wondering why Brian needed to get us handsome guys on his team here at Irish Breakdown, it's for weeks just like this. Clemson game is going to be the biggest recruiting weekend of the year for Notre Dame. Incredible list. We're going to break that down. Sean, we're also going to talk about a certain 2023 athlete that had just announced that he has a decision date Set for December 7th, that of course being Brandon Hillman, the athlete out of Churchland High School in the state of Virginia. We'll also talk about some high school commits in action this weekend, as we always do at IrishBreakdown.com. Some really impressive, impressive performances from a lot of guys, both 2023 and 2024 commits alike, Sean, because we know the playoffs started in most states this, this weekend. So there was a lot of big-time moments in big-time games, which is what... We define greatness as, right? Performing in the biggest moment. So big weekend though, Sean. Again, this is why Brian pays us the big bucks, right? We got to deliver some nice content this week. Get everybody primed and ready because Clemson is going to be a monumental week in recruiting this week.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: This is the game we've been talking about. This is the weekend we've been talking about. November 5th, Clemson. We knew it. I think Notre Dame set it up to be the big recruiting weekend. I think them getting out early, signing the amount of kids – or not signing, getting enough the number of kids that they got committed early. I think at some point they were up to 21, if I'm not mistaken. and. They lose a couple. They lose Dante Moore. They lose Keon Keeley. Still solid. Then they lose Elijah Page. Yep. But they got out so early on on their uh, guys that were committed to the program Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that it caused them to say, you know what, we can let our commits and our 24 kids really kind of be the focus of our game day visits, and then we can just put all of our eggs in one basket literally a month away or just over a month out from signing day and make our late push. I don't think they thought they would be five and three going into this game. I thought sure. they would be six. They probably thought they'd be six and two, seven and one. They probably expected to be undefeated because I think they fully expected to beat Ohio state as a team. But the, how monumental this weekend was, was evident when we started to hear before the season started, we started to hear kids tell us, I'll be at the Clemson game. I'll be at the Clemson game. And before people even ask, the list that you put up are those that have been confirmed. Am I correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Yep, you are correct.
2: Yep, There will be more kids added to the list. I can tell you that. There will be more kids confirmed over the week. You don't have to ask me about a certain kid from Chicago from the (laughs) 24th class. I'm pretty sure that that confirmation is going to come sometime (laughs) this week. So look forward on the message board, which means you have to be part of the message board. Go to boards.irishbreakdown.com right now if you're not part of the message board.
1: And, And I've seen a couple people make, you know, a lot of, you know, posts on the board about, you know, who's coming this week. If you are signed up at the message board already, if you go to the front page, there is just a Notre Dame visits list that is on there and at the top of the list I moved all the Clemson visits to the right to the top to make it as easy as possible so it'll be always the latest game will be the most recent thing on the list so Clemson like I said it's going to be monumental Sean we'll get into it in a second I mean basically every recruit both 2023 and 2024 alike will be there and then that's not even mentioned in the really talented 2024 kids that are slated to be there and a couple interesting 2023 kids as well as Notre Dame sitting at 23 commits right now is nearing the end of this cycle obviously with the for you know the first signing day happening in December only a couple more decisions that Notre Dame's kind of waiting on and that 2023 class will be solidified so we'll get to that list Sean but like I said I want to start with Brandon Hillman who if you didn't check it out yesterday he announced on Twitter that on December 7th which is actually his mother's birthday as well I also posted a article on it. If you want to go check out just kind of the timeline of Brandon Hillman's relationship with Notre Dame, you can go check it out there that he is a player that Sean, we have been talking about now for about a month, you know, in, in as far as like seriously talking about him. Cause at first when he got offered, right, Jeremiah love was not committed. There was still yeah. just some understanding of like how he fits into the class. Then we quickly find out due to our sources, that Notre Dame doesn't see him necessarily at one position right now, right? Like, is he a running back? Who knows? Is he a wide receiver? Who knows? Could he play quarterback? Maybe. I wouldn't count it out. Is he a defensive player where I personally like him a lot? Like, he's a rover to me on the next level. But, you know, certainly we'll see, obviously, where he ends up, what position, designation he has. But that's just kind of what I see from him. So Notre Dame wants this kid as an athlete. And it's been trending really well because he was on campus, although they – they did not have the best showing against Stanford. They still had a, I, I thought was a monumental visit with him, and he really was impacted very well at that point. And I would have called Notre Dame the leader for Brandon Hillman, leaving that leaving that visit. And now it's all about closing from here, Sean, because we're sitting here on October 31st, obviously, on Halloween. Happy Halloween, I guess, to everyone out there, for all of you that celebrate with your kiddos. But it is a monumental one, man, because we only have about a month and a half or not even a month and a half, a month and a week until Brandon Hillman makes his commitment to whatever school it ends up being. And he's got a top eight out there that includes schools like Tennessee, Oklahoma, Miami. It's a a nice list. It's a nice list. So Notre Dame has some work to finish out here, Sean. But as we sit here today, I feel good about Notre Dame standing. But again, they have a month and a week, five weeks from now to really – kind of close this one out. It's really to put the stamp on this one because Brandon Hillman likes Notre Dame, Notre Dame likes Brandon Hillman. It's all about closing it out now for this one.
2: I totally agree with you, Ryan. And in recruiting, you never know how the wind is going to blow when you're dealing with teenagers. They could wake up one day and their emotions have switched and something's happened in their personal life with their family. And all of a sudden they want to stay closer to home. Anything can happen. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he just visited Chapel Hill. For the uh, North Carolina pick game this last week, uh, he this has, must- to be impressed, you know, and then, you know, you talk about closing. What is he being mm-hmm. told? How are programs wanting to use him? How do they see him? Do they see him defensively? Do they see him as a quarterback? Do they see him as a wide receiver or another position on the offensive side of the ball? This is going to play a major key in his decision. As you said before, December 7th is going to be the big day. He mentioned that was his mom's birthday. A lot of people felt like, you know, he was just kind of playing things out, you know, and kind of stringing things out. And maybe they felt that way based upon the Intel piece that you guys put together, talking about how great the visit went. But it's just a kid just pretty much giving himself time to make a decision because I don't think a decision is really uh, imminent right now. I think he's going through all of his choices. But I do believe if I had a top three, Notre Dame is definitely in the top three and then not three. I'll leave it at that.
1: Yep. Nah, that, that's a well way to phrase it, Sean. And he, It's going to be a really interesting one, man, because, again, he's a kid that for the longest time was incredibly underrated. He's starting to pull in offers after offers. Again, Tennessee's offered, yeah. Miami, Oklahoma. A lot of teams are coming after Brandon Hillman now, just kind of accentuate what the talent he is. And kind of for a little bit of backstory, it wasn't long ago that, I mean, his only offer was, I think it was like something like Moorhead State or something like that. Like, that was his only offer and that was because at first early on in his recruitment Brandon was very adamant I'm a quarterback that's the position I'm going to play and he has opened that up to possibilities now right like he's not just a quarterback he's okay with playing wherever a team sees him fit so that's why you've seen a lot of teams now get into the fold quickly with him because he's a dynamic athlete physical athlete and like I said I mean conceivably Sean he could play safety rover maybe will linebacker down the line he could play wide receiver he could play running back he could play quarterback for some teams that guy could play six or more positions on on the the college level like literally can man so this kid's big for Notre Dame because we've talked about this and I mean I've been really adamant about this I've had several articles about this Notre Dame has done a pretty good job I believe in the 2023 class of finding athletic kids that can mm-hmm. do multiple things. Like you think about Jeremiah Love, which everyone's excited about as a as a running back, but he could conceivably play wide receiver or defense if he wanted to, right? Like yeah. he could do that type of stuff. Micah Bell, punt, you know, punt kick returner could probably do some stuff on offense if he wanted to. Cornerback. Talk about Dylan Edwards with his ability to work in the slot, work as a gadget player, return kicks, return punts. Peyton Bowen plays on both sides of the ball obviously for Denton Geyer. So this is the type of player they're looking for, Sean, is they're trying to find athletes. And that is the that is the floor for Brandon Hillman, that he's a talented athlete. How good can he be? I mean, it really just depends on where he kind of fits, man, how his body continues to develop. I think this, the ceiling is the roof with a guy like a Brandon Hillman. So, once again, this is a big one. It's a big one for Notre Dame. Again, I mean, they're looking at about 26 in the 2023 class. You're sitting at 23. Notre Dame still wants to get a quarterback in the class. They would like to get a fifth offensive lineman. They would like to get this athlete, Brandon Hillman. That is is kind of what the realistic options are right now. Are they going to kick the tires with some defensive ends, edge players? I I believe they are, but as we kind of put out in an Intel piece on Irish Breakdown last week, I don't think it's a certainty that they end up with a viper in the 2023 class. There is an opportunity that maybe transfer portal might be the – other option for that situation, right? So big one, but Sean, I wanted to spend most of our time talking about this because it is, again, massive weekend heading up for Notre Dame. And again, that that list is on irishbreakdown.com. It's on boards at irishbreakdown.com. I will have a visit primer later in the week that'll be available to everyone, but I want to give everybody, a part of the Irish Breakdown community, a, a heads up about who are the players that you should be able to keep a close eye on Already keep a close eye on moving forward. And I see that we have a little bit of a troll in the chat, Sean. So I am just going to get him out of here for a little bit of a timeout. See you, sir. So, Sean, it's going to be a lot of fun because I want to reiterate this again. I've already said it a couple times, but I saw someone put it in the chat again. The list is expected to grow throughout the week. We're sitting at like 40 guys that are going to be on their campus. I expect that to increase by several. I mean, you mentioned Justin Scott, who's not on the list right now out of, you know, the big defensive tackle out near you and uh, out of the state of Illinois, who's a very talented player of Notre Dame. We expect him to be on campus, but it has not been verified yet, so we expect that list to continue to expand. But let's go through a few of the headliners, Sean. This will be interesting, right? Basically, every recruit, uh, every commit, I should say, in the 2023 and 2024 class will be on campus. The only one that we have not gotten verification on that we do not believe that will be on campus is Peter Jones. But the, the ones that I want to start out with, and I think this is massive, absolutely massive visit, is the, uh, is the Bowen brothers will be on campus this weekend, Sean. Denton Geyer, 2023 safety Peyton Bowen, five-star oh, recruit in the 2023 class, and Eli Bowen, his younger brother, in the 2024 class, a cornerback. So yeah. before I start the conversation, Sean, this is where we are with these two players, right? Peyton Bowen has now been committed to Notre Dame since January. Peyton Bowen has had, there's been a lot of chatter. There's been a lot of sites, you know, putting information out there that we have deemed to be not truthful information, if we're being completely honest, right? Does Peyton's, you know, has been taking some unofficial visits with his brother or part of kind of that process? I do think there's been a lot of misinformed people putting information out there that just honestly isn't very true. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I'll say is that for Peyton Bowen, this is going to be a massive visit because one, some of the schools that have been trying to get him to flip Oklahoma and Texas A&M specifically have had their struggles this year, just like Notre Dame has had struggles at time this year. So on field production, if Notre Dame's able to have a nice outcome or just a nice showing against Clemson, I think that will go a long way to solidify things because I know it's been a rumor for – Months and months and months that Peyton Bowen's going to decommit, Sean, but we're sitting here now at the end of October and it still hasn't happened yet. So only a couple months left to make that reality happen if you're the University of Oklahoma or you're Texas A&M, right? So getting a nice on-field opportunity to see. I think it's going to be big for Peyton continuing to build that relationship that we know based on everything that we have heard and that we've spoken to near Peyton Bowen. He has a great relationship with the other commits in the class. Yeah. He's active in that in that department. He has a great relationship with the coaches on the coaching staff. So this is another opportunity to continue to solidify that, that, that relationship. So that's big. And the other one is Eli Bowen, who mm-hmm. I want people to understand something. I'm going to reiterate this because we've said this several times. I just want to put this out in the universe again because I feel like people don't appreciate this enough. Notre Dame is pushing for Eli Bowen to be a part of the 2024 class, and it has zero, listen to me, It has zero to do with Peyton Bowen. Notre Dame loves Eli Bowen. They think he has tremendous skills as a man-to-man corner, has great instincts as a zone player, can work inside and out at nickel and outside cornerback in a pinch. Notre Dame wants him to be a part of the class, and it has zero to do with Peyton Bowen. They love Eli as a football player. So for different reasons, Sean, getting the Bowens on campus is huge for Notre Dame, a huge opportunity to, I think, really – solidify one and continue to trend in a good direction with the other.
2: Look, like you said, I want to kind of just add on to what you've already established with the brothers coming in for this Clemson game. Notre Dame's in great shape with Peyton. I talked to some of the 23 commits. They're super excited to see their boy, super excited to see their boy this weekend. You know, Drake Bowen actually has, if I'm not mistaken, they played Bremen. In the playoffs, and I think Bremen is like maybe a 20-minute trip from South Bend. It's not that far. So he might be coming in Friday night. And I think he let it slip to me that the Bowens will be there Friday night in South Bend. So he'll be trying to get in to get up with his boy. And if not, he said he'll definitely be up there early Saturday morning. So the excitement amongst the 23 class to be around other guys and other commits and other targets in the 23 and 24 class is just bubbling right now. It's just, they can't wait, you know, and most of them have to focus on playoff football, but they can't wait to get the South Bend this weekend. And really the game is the backdrop. That's the Mm -hmm. crazy thing about it. Like this is Clemson, Notre Dame, but they're so amped just to be around each other and the brotherhood they have, And the feeling they have in the 23 class is that we are the class that's going to make the difference. We are that class, and they're super excited about coming in and being a part of that. And then, look, Eli just came back from a trip with Oregon,
1: man. That's a really good program.
2: Sure a really big-time program.
1: And Eli Eli likes Oregon, to your point, Sean. He does. He likes Oregon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And some really,
2: really – I saw a lot of people, you know, trying to make – a big deal. A lot of the fact that Peyton, you know, I guess, got some stuff wore some stuff from his Oregon trip in his play, his game last weekend. They tried to make it a big deal. It's like,
1: look, Sean, can I say this? Can I say this? So for people that don't know my background, I work with a lot of, so I'm in the NFL draft sphere. I work with a lot of agents. Okay. And, and I do some evaluations and I help them with the recruitment, all that type of stuff. Right. I get a lot of free stuff. All right, I get a lot of free stuff as a part of my payment. I I wear agent stuff, school stuff, player stuff. It has nothing to do with my allegiance. It's free. It's free clothes, man. That's what it is. It's free swag. Like, what do you want me to say about it, man? It's nice. Like, uh, I think people hyper focus on that because, yeah, Peyton wore some Oklahoma gloves one game. He wore an Oregon like, headband or yeah. uh, do-rag or whatever it was this past week. Can we chill on the free clothes stuff, man? Like, right. I would wear free clothes. If Oregon wasn't send me a free shirt, I'll wear an Oregon shirt. Like, it's just free stuff, man. And I think,
2: if I'm not mistaken, this is really the first season that Eli has totally given most of his attention to the defensive side of the ball because he was a pretty good wide receiver in his sophomore year down there at Dayton Guy. He made a lot of big plays for that team. team. So, you know, moving forward, you just have to sit here and wait. We got a month. It's been three or four months that we've been hearing he's decommitting. Now it's a month out. I'm sure we're going to hear it up to like a week out. Two days out, there's still Mm -hmm. a chance that he's going to flip. Notre Dame, they've been confident, and we can only echo the confidence they have with where they sit with Peyton Bowen and with Eli Bowen,
1: yeah, and that—that's sort the of thing with with Peyton, Sean, is that we've heard both from Peyton's side and from Notre Dame's side that that it's you know they're comfortable with where they are, right, yeah, and they yeah. feel confident where where they are. Am I going to predict that Peyton is definitely in the class? I'm not going to do that because you know I would have told you two months before Keon Keely decommitted that there was no world that Dion was going to was going to decommit from Notre Dame, right? So anything could happen, to your point, right? Especially in this era, like anything could happen. All I'm saying is if Peyton does stick with the team, which I feel good about at this point, if it does happen, me and Brian will have a lot of things to say about this recruitment because there's been a lot of bad information put out there. We'll just leave it at that for now. If it does happen, though, you'll be hearing from us, right? You will be hearing from us. And uh, Archer just posed a question, Sean, that asked, but Ryan, would you wear a Michigan or USC shirt? Hashtag burn it. Archer, I never would wear a Michigan or USC shirt. I'm not. No, 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 no. Nope, nope, I would not. I would not. But another team that I don't care about that isn't a rival to Notre Dame, I would wear it.
2: I would. I would. I'm going to keep it it funky today, Okay. Okay. (laughs) USC has some really good swag and apparel, bro.
1: Well, and your your daughter goes there, right? Doesn't she go to that's, USC? So that, that's, that's acceptable,
2: right? Like, that's every, acceptable. Time, every time I go, Daddy, can we go to the bookstore? Of course. She mm-hmm. mm-hmm. wants some new swag. And I'm going to be honest, man. <laughs> that's some pretty good looking stuff. The colors pop. I'm like, man, if I wasn't a Notre Dame fan. But my fandom won't allow me to do it. I won't even wear. I'm a my daughter goes to USC or I'm a USC dad. No, can't do it.
1: That's I'll funny, never man. Do it. <laughs> That's so funny, I'll and never I. Do it. <laughs> I know Ladarius is in the chat. Ladarius, welcome back to the chat. And they, uh, he's a, he's an Alabama fan, Sean, a resident Alabama supporter, and they get to play LSU this weekend. So Ladarius, for the first time, maybe in my lifetime, I'm an Alabama fan this week, buddy. I'm an Alabama roll fan. So, roll Tide. Roll <laughs> we'll wide. see. All right, so that's that's the kind of what we're sitting with with the Bowens, Sean. Another interesting player that's going to be on oh, campus this week. Well, just a moment. Uh, first of all.
2: Yes. I did not confess to wearing USC swag. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta get rid of this, that. Yeah. This is how rumors get started, Ryan. You have to grab it when it pops up. And just and I'm sorry for interrupting. I did not. Oh, you're I, fine. Said I, I said I don't wear and have never worn USC swag. Let's oh,
1: right. man. <laughs> I'm a, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to get a picture of you. I'm going to Photoshop some USC gear on you, man. I'm going to do man. it. I'm going to
2: put it on That's Twitter.
1: I would actually retweet that. That's funny. I would retweet that. Would you retweet it if it was Michigan stuff or just USC stuff? No, we would have to have a conversation
2: if it was Michigan stuff. <laughs> okay. All right, come on, man. That's fair. That That's down, fair. <laughs> I I would, do it tonight. So my daughter could have fun with it. That's why I, yeah. I would retweet it and have fun
1: with it. I yeah. I have, I have some Adobe work, man, that I can I can get that done for you, Sean. Hey, I can oh, get that done for you. <laughs> <so>, Photoshop. <laughs> A little Photoshop action, man. I'll have to make that work. But we have we have another fun one in in attendance, Sean. That I want to talk about. Okay, 2023, and then I'll hit on a couple of the 2024 guys after we're done this conversation. So Khalil Barnes, mm-hmm. who is a defensive back, wide receiver, he was offered just recently, last month, and he is a young man. Who people asked originally, you know, is is Khalil Barnes? They call him KB. Is Khalil Barnes a guy that Notre Dame is pushing for? The answer is this. Okay, and we've talked about this. Notre Dame wants a fifth wide receiver in the class. That has <clears> been <throat> Tayshawn Lyons has been the target for Notre Dame at wide receiver. Okay, as of now, and so you have Tayshon Lyons as the fifth receiver, and then they want Brandon Hillman, who we've talked about a ton. Like that's the last two athletes in the class, right? Now, what Khalil Barnes is, is Khalil Barnes is a player that Notre Dame likes and that Clemson's making a big push for Oklahoma's offer. Good football player. He's a good mm-hmm. football player out of the state of Georgia. So the deal with this is, is that he's – I hate calling guys insurance, Sean, but it's a guy that Notre Dame likes, but Notre Dame doesn't have a lot of spots left. So if a Brandon Hillman or, let's say, a Tayshaun Lyons or they don't get a wide receiver in the class that they they, they want at this point – then I believe that they would make a push for KB Barnes. for um, And he is a talented football player. He truly is. I like his film a lot, Khalil Barnes. He's another player like, similarly to Brandon Hillman, that has mm-hmm. kind of been a little bit of a late riser in this class and started to get some nice offers despite still ranking as a three-star player. He's a much talented player than what the ranking says. Go look at the offer list. K- Khalil Barnes can play. So he'll be on campus this week, Sean. This weekend, I should say, for the Clemson game. And this is monumental because he's never been on campus before. It's first time in South Bend, first one. So as we sit here at the moment, this, I think this visit will tell us a lot about what the realistic fit is for Notre Dame because again, I think Notre Dame likes Barnes, I think Barnes likes Notre Dame along with other schools like Clemson. But I don't know if there's a spot in this class for Barnes as we currently sit, if Notre Dame wanted to make a push. That's the that's the kind of the, the crux to this guy right now. But he told Khalil has told me directly this morning. I have an update that's or a visit preview that's going to come out today. He told me, Sean, that the guy that he hears from most every single week is Marcus Freeman. Like he said, he hears from Mike Mickens. He hears from Chancey Stuckey because he's getting recruited at two different positions. But Marcus Freeman reaches out to this young man exclusively. And he, I, I just saw the there is put out. And uh, there is he's from Georgia. He's a Georgia kid, Khalil Barnes. So there is interest here. There is. And we know, Sean, that as soon as a player gets on campus, things get real, real quick, right? Like, that's yeah. when it happens. There's yeah. interest for a lot of players going into that type of a visit, but there's just something about South Bend, man. When you get on campus, you're like, huh, this is this is a little something different. So big opportunity for Notre Dame to get this young man on campus, his first time on campus in South Bend.
2: I'm going to say something, and hopefully people understand it. Like, you've been there I've been there. I'm sure a lot of the fans, IB Nation, have been to South Bend. South Bend is a, eh, or dude type of visit. It it just is what it is. It's like either kids are okay, or they're like, man, I love it here, right? I can see myself here. That's what Tayshawn Lyons tweeted. You know, after his visit, I can really see myself here. And a lot of kids have that feeling when they come to Notre Dame. I myself talked about the first time that I was able to walk the campus as an adult, just, yo, just feeling like Newt Rodney was walking to my right and the Gipper was walking to my left. You just, it's an aura. It's a feeling. And some kids pick up on it and some kids don't. And that's recruiting. And so, It goes back to what you talk about with Khalil Barnes. Yeah, you know, uh, Clemson is considered a lean with him. And, you know, the situation with Tayshaun Lyons going down to the wire. And and people kind of feel like, well, Notre Dame might be falling back. Yo, it's another young man taking his time. He has the right to take his time. Doesn't necessarily mean that Notre Dame is failing or falling back. Still doesn't change the fact that he loves Notre Dame. He loves Mm -hmm. the campus. And Khalil Barnes, his first time, I can guarantee you coming into this atmosphere, it's going to be tough not to like Notre Dame this weekend. It's going to be really tough. And once that happens, you're probably going to see what is considered a lean in one direction kind of even out and then Mm -hmm. kind of become a battle down the stretch. And it's wonderful to hear. I talk to Marcus Freeman more than anybody. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful to hear because that's something that we're not used to as a fan base. The head coach being the main recruiter on everybody, because that's Tayshawn Lyons, that's Khalil Barnes, that's anybody in the group 23 24 to keep them in the 23 class or the 24 class. Marcus Freeman is that dude. Yep. Marcus Freeman is the one talking to these guys. So, that's wonderful to hear, and I fully expect – my expectation is that Khalil Barnes is going to have a fabulous, fabulous game, Davis.
1: I believe so, too. And it's really important, too, the the Marcus Freeman layer, too, Sean, with a couple of these guys that Notre Dame's getting in a little bit late, the Brandon Hillmans of the world, the Khalil Barneses of the world, the Tayshawn Lyons of the world, anybody else that's kind of miscellaneous out there, yeah. is that – they have some ground to make up, right, for a couple of these guys, you know. And, and I think in the most ca- most part, they have done that. And I saw someone ask, I think it was Brandon Plesner asked or said, stated, I just want to reiterate it as well because, again, I did talk to Khalil this morning, was that Khalil Barnes told me that he is going to commit sometime in December, most likely on National Signing Day, but could come beforehand. So, Brandon, you are correct. He is going to be at December Commits. As is Brandon Hillman, he that's when he is, is said to make his commitments as well. So uh, to whatever school ends up getting him. So sorry, I didn't mean to click on that one. And uh, someone also said this, Sean. I just want to put this out in the universe because we talked about this before, but I just want to kind of talk this one out real quick, fellas. Because I've seen like four people ask this, and I and I, I get it because we you know we've reported in the past that it was going to happen like months ago. Samuel and Pemba is not coming to Notre Dame. Not this weekend, not ever. (laughs) That's just not going to happen, man. Originally, Notre Dame was in a pretty good spot. And then, I mean, we're going to be honest about this, right? Because that's what we're doing. And it's been general knowledge for a couple months now. Mm -hmm. There is an NIL opportunity that is wanted by Samuel Pemba, part of his recruitment, that Notre Dame is not. Going to be able to do that for Right so that's not going to happen Samuel and Pemba will not be on campus this Weekend unless something radically changes (laughs) In the next couple days And he is not being Pushed for at this Point because it just the fit doesn't Match at this point so Samuel and Uh Pemba will not be
2: And because of that That seems to be a common thread With young men coming from that same School so Uh I'm not Sure if Notre Dame is going to I'm sure they're going to still recruit kids, but it's going to be yeah. really tough for Notre Dame to get kids from a certain high school program because all of them are pretty much programmed to want NIL heavily. At this yes.
1: Point. Yep. Yep. There's a, yeah, that, that might be a good topic of conversation, Sean, you know, one day, maybe we'll do a podcast on some schools that will be tough for Notre Dame to get into, but maybe, it can, yeah, we're talking about IMG Academy. I know someone put this down there, but there is a brand recognition from a high school level. There is a, there's a, there's a kind of a weird aura around those players there. So but we'll talk about that another day. I think, uh, I, I think that'll be a good conversation piece. So that's Khalil Barnes out of the state of Georgia, 2023 target athletes again, could play wide receiver on the next level, could play defensive back. Yeah. So, We, you know, we don't, we don't know if Notre Dame is going to have a spot for him, but Notre Dame is kicking the tires there and they are keeping a very good uh, conversation and building a relationship with him. So that's where we are with Khalil Barnes. Last 2023 kid that I want to talk about, Sean, this is a really, really interesting one. One that we talked about on the board. Brian did an update on quarterback recruiting last week, I believe. So Roch Chalowski. Who is a quarterback out of Hamilton High School in the state of Arizona? So this is the deal here. Okay, he is currently committed to the university uh, to UCLA, University of Cal- uh, Cal- California, Los Angeles, to play baseball. Sean, he is one of the best baseball players in high school in America. And the deal here is, is that this weekend he is coming to Notre Dame. As a baseball recruits, as a baseball visit this weekend, but this is what I'm told. This is what we have been told. Cholowski is a player who is expected to potentially be a first round pick in, for in the Major League Draft this year. Pretty mm-hmm. much consensus for people that rank high school prospects as a top twenty player nationally in the high, in high school. So he has a chance to go very early in the draft, depending on how things work out. Notre Dame is in the mix here because Notre Dame baseball program obviously really likes Roch, right? And Roch likes him back, I'm told. And so we'll see if the if this is a, a fit that makes sense. If it does happen, there is a reality where Notre Dame football also likes Roch Chalowski, and we'll leave it at that for now. And I just want to put this out there if everything does work out and he ends up playing baseball and football at Notre Dame. This is not the answer for the 2023 recruiting class, right? This is uh, a quarterback. Notre Dame is still working on other quarterbacks in this class that would be scholarship quarterbacks for University of Notre Dame. This is not the answer. But it is interesting, Sean, because if you watch his film, Raj is a very raw football player, very raw. But my guy can play a little bit, man. He's got a talented arm. He's a good he, – like, he has a – cannon for an arm he really does raw raw football player because you can tell he's a baseball player he plays the quarterback position like a baseball player but there's some tools to work with there so if there is a reality where Notre Dame can get him for baseball and he also plays football and they could just see what they have there and develop him as a part of a potential two-man class for 2023 it's interesting man so I'm just saying keep an eye on it again this isn't going to be like a this isn't the answer for Notre Dame at the quarterback position. I just want to reiterate that. Notre Dame is working on a couple quarterbacks that we've mentioned, Avery Johnson alike. We mentioned someone else on the message board. I guess I could say it now since we already put it on the message board last week, but they're also committing, uh they are also recruiting Aiden Childs, who is committed to the University of uh committed to Oregon State, who's a player that they like as well. So Notre Dame's doing their due diligence on the quarterback recruiting, but Chalowski is a player that Notre Dame is, is doing their development or is doing their homework on. And if the fit makes sense for a baseball and football structure is a player that they like. So we'll, we'll leave it at that for now. It's interesting. Though. Oh, it's interesting. You know,
2: I, I love baseball. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I tapped into his baseball film too. This kid has a cannon from shortstop. I was like, yes, okay. he does.
1: Yes, he does. Man, okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. And, and it's just, you know, this is about Ryan, It's not so much about just strictly going out and getting top elite talent when you develop your room. And let's look at Dylan McCullough and the room that he walked into and the diversity in the room and what he has in the freshman class that he's developing with Jabron and with Jadarian and what he's recruited at the running back position and the diversity they have. It's the same thing that you want in your quarterback room, right? You want a guy. If you have four guys in your quarterback room, you want that guy. That's the veteran. Then you have a young stud that's coming. Then you have a guy that's a balance in that room. That can almost be a connector in that room to kind of like take, soften the blow of the competitive spirit. And kind of bind guys together, somebody that everybody in the room really loves. And then you might have a guy you take a chance on that's really raw, but that's your fourth guy in the room, right? And that's the type of quarterback room that a lot of quarterback coaches would like to have. And so Roch would fit very much in that at Notre Dame. If he came in, he would be a kid. He wants to play baseball. He wants to play football. He's raw and you develop him. And it's about time he gets to what in middle of his sophomore year. Hey, next thing, you know, he's making plays in practice. And you're like, Oh, we might have something here. Next thing, you know, quarterback battle. He's in the midst of it
1: spring junior year. And you might have a story. So I mean, and that that's the best case scenario, right, Sean? But I mean, yeah. the the baseline yeah. is is that you have you could potentially get another talented kid in the quarterback room mm-hmm. for for nothing. I mean, because he would be on baseball scholarship, right? Like yeah. maybe a baseball yeah. player that yeah. also just wants to play football. So it, it's yeah. it's really a a high risk. I don't even say high risk. It's a, it's a no risk situation for Notre yeah. Dame if they were able to get a guy like Chalowski. Like it just makes a lot of sense, right so another player to keep an eye on well i'm sure we'll, we will definitely have updates on this and again if you want to sign up at borsedriversbreakdown.com we'll have a lot of recruiting intel during this week weekend because there is going to be a lot of stuff to talk about I mean, yeah. we mentioned it basically every recruit that is committed in 2023 and 2024 classes are scheduled to be on campus except for a couple a lot of talented players. Those are the couple of 2023 kids I'm going to keep an eye on. Forgot to mention, at the end of the show, we'll be doing a mailbag as always. So if at any point in this conversation you want to start throwing in questions, I already have a few starred, but if you just want to keep throwing those in, they can be recruiting-centric. You can ask us food questions because they're always fun. You can also ask us general football questions, whatever you want. It's kind of a free-for-all mailbag. So make sure you pop those in. Sean, hitting on a couple Interesting 2024 kids, and 20. there's even a 2026 kid that's going to be on campus that I want to do a quick note on real quick, right? But we have, of uncommitted players in the 2024 class, Sean, that Notre Dame has interest in, I have a update that is going to be coming out probably today, if not probably tomorrow morning, on TJ Lindsay, who is a defensive end out of the state of Arkansas, who is an extremely talented 6'5", 270-pound defensive line that could play on the edge. Also, Notre Dame's talking to him about potentially maybe playing 3 tech down the line if he does end up opting for Notre Dame. Really talented kid that is really starting to collect some impressive offers. Another player that was a little underrated early on, he's starting to get those offer lists that you're kind of like, oh, well, I really don't care what the rankings say (laughs) because the (laughs) offer list kind of speaks for itself. So he's a player that's going to be on campus. Garrett Stover is going to be on campus this weekend, who is the cousin of Cade Stover, the tight end out of Ohio State, a player that Notre Dame is projecting to play Rover. If he does end up in South Bend, really talented football player, Sean. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Pete Werner when Pete Werner was coming out of, out of high school there in the state of Indiana or state of Ohio, excuse me, really talented football player who I am, or actually, no, uh, he went to Indiana. My bad. Garrett Stover is from the state of Ohio. Yeah. So they're very similar football players, both about 6'2, 200 plus pounds. He plays like single, like not single, he plays like the mid hole safety, strong safety type, comes down in the box, plays in space a ton, but he's got some physicality to him. So Garrett Stover will be on campus. Eli Bowen will be on campus, who we already talked about. Aeneas Williams, the running back out of Hannibal in the state of Missouri, will be on campus, the running back who, Sean, is already the Missouri all-time leading rusher, the state, and he's only a junior, (laughs) which is just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any logical sense. And we've talked, Sean, I think it's a great talking point. We've talked about how important it is for Notre Dame to get in St. Louis, but I would even further that out. It's important for Notre Dame to continue to recruit the state of Missouri over the 2023 and 2024 class. Christian Gray, Jeremiah Love. Talking about next year going after guys like Ryan Wingo, Jeremiah McClellan. We can't forget about Aeneas Williams in this conversation, man, because he's a really talented running back in his own right.
2: Man, you can talk about levels and the level he plays at. I don't care. He's a football player. He's a football player and he's a playmaker. Simple as that. And I think that's the knock that a lot of people have tried to attach to him in his recruitment and his rankings. He can play football. That's all you need to know. And everything Ryan just pointed out about him, his records, his accomplishments, they go without saying. But most of all, very solid young man. Family comes from NFL bloodlines. He knows the game, knows how to play the game. That's the most important thing. And yep. when you watch film, you like like, look, I'm the type of guy that loves good feet at running back. Like you can have great size, you have speed, but I love good feet. Make somebody miss. This kid has a lot of make
1: you miss when you watch this film. Yeah, he reminds me. Aeneas Williams reminds me. I don't know if it's the Missouri thing, Sean, and the body type thing, but, like, don't you get some Kyron Williams vibes, man? Like, that's just kind of what he looks like, right? Like, he's he's just – he's got good – he's got better speed than Kyron did, in my opinion, but he's just got, like, this subtle shiftiness and power that you would not expect for a player his size, right? Like, he's just one of those guys that – it looks like he takes offense to guys trying to tackle him. Like, that's what it looks yeah. like to me, man. He's like, are you yeah. serious? You're trying to tackle me? Are you yeah. kidding me? Get out of here. You're not going to tackle yeah. me. Are you stupid? Yeah. Like, that's what that's how Aeneas Williams runs, man, which is just so much fun to watch. It's so much yeah. fun to watch. He's one
2: of those type of kids when you watch him play. There's certain kids when you watch film, you're like, okay. And then there are certain kids – that bring the kid out of you when you watch them play because you see the enjoyment, you see the fun. And they're like, man, I I wish I could go play another down. I wish I could have another Friday night because it reminds you of that time when you were a kid. So like I said, he's a Notre Dame. He's a kid that, excuse me, that I could definitely see at Notre Dame because I don't like the word. He's a kid that I could see at Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I, I could I could see it as well. I want to answer this one real quick from Will N D, who said, "Is he related to Braden?" I think that that's referring to I said T J Lindsay. So, uh, Will, no. So, Braden Lindsay is who plays for Notre Dame now. This is T J Lindsay, spelled like the woman name, right? Lindsay, like that's how his name is spelled. So, no, no relation. They're uh, they're just a you know they're uh, he's just a very talented player, obviously though. Who uh, T.J. Lindsay's a guy that people should keep eyes on. So, good question, though. Good question. Sorry for my pronunciation miscue there. Brayden Lee, Sean, talented cornerback out of the state of Maryland, who's a guy oh, that right? if you checked out my cornerback article from last week, as far as what the board looks like, is a guy that Notre Dame likes a ton. Long, kind of reminds me a little bit of of Cam Hart with how he plays. Like he is long, physical, but he can run a little bit too, which is eye popping. So Brayden Lee's a talented kid. Carson Hobbs, who is committed to the University of South Carolina, who we've talked about. He got an offer from Notre Dame a few weeks ago, Sean, and I believe that Notre Dame has a chance to maybe make him rethink that commitment. Like I think that's how much he likes Notre Dame, so we'll see what happens there. Kaj Sanders is a young man out of Bergen Catholic here in New Jersey, who Bergen Catholic is Obviously, Jane Bellamy, Steve Angeli last year, that's Bergen Catholic. And he is a player that has played running back for Bergen. He's played corner, has played safety. He's played all over the place. Notre Dame, I believe, sees him as a safety at the next level. But he's a player that Notre Dame has been keeping in constant contact with and a player that they like for sure. And then there's three players, Sean. Had to mention this real quick, man. Then we'll get on some of the high school, high school performances of the week three players that will be on campus, not in the 2023 or 2024 classes, Sean. So we got – there's somebody in the chat that always asks me to talk about 2025 kids. Well, here you go. We got two 2025 kids and a 2026 player that will be on campus here, Sean. So we have Jerome Bettis Jr. will be on Mm -hmm. campus, wide receiver in the 2025 class, Sean. So Jerome Bettis Jr. is ready to make the trip to South Bend. Gonna guess. And I don't know this for certain, but I'm going to guess. This is probably not his first time on campus. <laughs> just nah.
2: going to guess that way. Nah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No one's he He's probably
1: baptized. Uh, yeah, probably. No, <laughs> you're, you're probably right. What? Yeah, I don't want to speculate on that, but like you might, you're probably right. You probably are. So he's one of the 2025 kids, which is just a fun, cool story. right? I haven't seen his film. I don't know if he's a serious player. I don't know if it's a serious target. I don't know. All I know is it's pretty cool to have a legend son on campus, which also Bryce Young, the defensive end 2024 kid, who's Bryant Young's son, will also be back on campus. Forgot to mention him. Mm-hmm. Dallas Golden, Sean, 2025 safety. He's out of Berkeley Prep in Florida, which if you know Berkeley Prep, that's where Keon Keeley goes to high school. Mm-hmm. Dallas Golden, Sean, is a dude. He's a sophomore yeah. safety. He can play wide receiver, but he's being recruited as a safety by Notre Dame, already holds an offer, and he's good, man. Like he's a really, He has a chance to be an absolute dude in the 2025 class nationally. So Dallas Golden – Will be on campus. And the last one, a cool one, Sean. Only 2026 kid that will be on campus, which means that he's a high school freshman right now. Dia Bell, who is this son. I know you're going to love this one. Of Rajah Bell, former NBA player. Dia Bell is going to be on campus, which is pretty neat, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Zach. Zach Martin in the chat. I was talking 2025, sir. It was happening, man. It was happening. (laughs) It's Zach that always says something about 2025. too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Get twenty twenty five Some love, man. Hey, you want to talk Bryce Underwood? I'm here for you all day, man.
2: All day. Let's get (laughs) (laughs) him right now. Like all
1: day. Sean, I need to get through the 2023 class, man. And then I will dive fully into 2024, 2025. I'm good with that, man. I'm good with that. Right. But Dia Bell, son of Raja Bell. If you're an NBA fan, it will be on campus again to uh, this weekend for Notre Dame. Don't know if it's first trip. Don't know. Just was told this one, and we got it verified. So, pretty awesome list, though, Sean. I mean, we have obviously a lot of very important players for Notre Dame, both on the 2023 and 2024 class. A couple interesting 2025 kids. Even got a 2026 quarterback to get your uh, thirst quenched out there for all the recruiting, recruiting lovers. So it's a uh, it's good. Again, just kind of wrap this conversation up because we're going to move on to some of the key high school performances of the week, Sean this I, I just want to reiterate this again Notre Dame has a massive massive opportunity this weekend gigantic we have now seen them make some nice strides in recruiting as far as the game day visits and, and you know Notre Dame i think has made a lot of moves with a lot of different players on game days game day visits but this one folks i mean we have we have talked about this a ton right Notre Dame has not Notre Dame has not played well at home so far this year. Notre Dame has a chance if they're able to play a really good game against Clemson and beat Clemson. Let's say they have a chance to really, I think, turn some heads in in this in this uh, in this visit weekend. So I think it's solidifying things with the recruits that you have on campus, the commits that you have on campus. I think that it's also impressing some of the 2024 kids that you have on campus. And you have a couple 2023 kids on campus that are not committed that I think Notre Dame is extremely interested in, at least kicking the tires with, giving a serious look to. And th- so this is about the present of Notre Dame football, the ability to beat a team like Clemson. But it's also about the future of the program, which is all what recruiting is. And I think that this one is big, Sean. Like if Notre Dame has a big weekend this weekend, this is the type of momentum that Notre Dame needs, one, to solidify the 2023 class, two, to really jumpstart that, the interest and the confidence in the program for the 2024, 2025, and moving forward. A lot of opportunities in front of this staff and this team this Saturday, and I'm looking forward to seeing just how they rise to the occasion because there's going to be a lot of eyes and a lot of attention, and Notre Dame has a chance to – upend and beats one of the premier programs of college football so massive opportunity yeah. for Notre Dame this weekend
2: it is a wonderful opportunity and sometimes when you face a team or anyone individually in another sport it's all about when you face them right you know, you could catch the wrong team during March Madness and you beat them early in the season and a totally different team when you face them in a tournament Notre Dame put them. Man, I cannot stress how much Notre Dame, as much as they tried to downplay it, everything in the all-season was built towards Ohio State. They invested a lot in preparation for that Ohio State game. They went into that game feeling like they were going to beat Ohio State. And that was genuine. It wasn't fake. That was genuine throughout the coaching staff, the program, the coaching staff. In the locker room, it was very genuine. And I think emotionally that was kind of a letdown and somewhat of a fracture uh, in certain areas after that loss because they yeah. felt like they should have gotten the win and they, could, they didn't recover and play well enough against Marshall. They were able to go ahead and get the win against Cal and they were still trying to build and get to a point to set the foundation for what this program is going to look like. And unfortunately, they end up falling to Stanford at home. So it goes back to what you say. It's perfect time. This is the perfect time to play your best home game of the year. Like, you haven't done it yet. So why not not. come off the impressive win and play your best home game of the year at the biggest moment, recruiting-wise, and to set the tone for the rest of the season monumental opportunity facing Marcus Freeman and this team. And like you said, the opportunity is right there in front of them. And we're talking about timing. It's not not like they're facing Clemson from three, four weeks ago. The Clemson team at Wake Forest, where their quarterback was throwing for almost 400 yards and going blow for blow on the road with Hartman at Wake Forest, that team, you're like, oh, man, I don't know. But the quarterback situation that they have coming in right now, matching that up with what we're doing offensively, it's a question of is it is it the battle of the quarterbacks, or is it going to be about which defense can get the big turnover or can cause the big moment in the game? It's going to be fun to watch, right? Yep. The one thing I will say, because you know most people say this can go either way. It could be low scoring or it can turn into a shootout. I mm-hmm. don't see a shootout. This week, that, yeah. like I can sit back like Doctor Strange and go through all the possibilities, and I don't see one possibility of a shootout unless there's a bunch of turnovers and a lot of special teams big plays. <laughs> like I just, yeah,
1: I just don't see it. Well, I mean, because Notre Dame has, you know, they've had some plays that you want back during games, right? But for the most part, they played good defense. Like they hold teams, you know, the same amount of points every single week. And Mm -hmm. like you said, Clemson's quarterback position is very up and down right now. You you don't know what you're going to get, obviously, after the game that D.J. Uyungle just had. And Notre Dame has been very sporadic offensively, and they're facing a really good front seven. So what's going to give there? We'll dig into the – the game and the, the matchup match this You're week and wow. all that. Yeah, we'll we'll fix, fix that out. But you know, just from a recruiting perspective, big opportunity, like we said. So that's going to end it for this section, Sean. As far as the commits that are going to be on campus, the players are going to be on campus. Let's talk some high school performances from this past week because this is this is one of my favorite things. I remember when me and Brian first sat down and, you know, to discuss what these shows are going to look like during the season. This is one thing that I wanted to do every single week because I think that we need, I don't think we do this enough where we just kind of sit back and we appreciate the talent for what it is. That's why in the game day thread last week, uh, this past weekend against Syracuse, you know, after Michael Mayer made that crazy catch down the field, I I mean, Sean, I just posted in there. I was like, I think we all need to take a step back, take a step back. And truly appreciate how good Michael Mayer is. Cause I don't think people do that enough, man. Like, people know that he's, if not the best tight end in college football, he's number two, like, easy money, right? But regardless, I don't think people quite understand that you're watching a legend play right now. Like, he's gonna break just about every tight end record. He's gonna leave here as a first round pick. Michael Mayer is one of those guys that you're gonna be talking about for the next 50 years. Like, he's one of those dudes. Like, that's who he is, right? So, appreciation is why we do this section of the podcast each week. So I have an article that I believe is live at the, I believe is live on the site. If it's not, it will be soon week 10 recap this past weekend for the top performances of commits at the university of Notre Dame in their high school football games. Like I said, Sean, this was a very important week for a lot of high school kids. Cause most States at their playoffs this weekend. Like there's still some that are still, you know, Got a little down the line. Like I talked to TJ Lindsay, they don't start their playoffs for like two or three years. You know, there's other States that haven't started yet. Like the state of Kansas is still waiting. Obviously all that type of stuff. Not everyone is in their playoff format yet, but there are a couple that did get it kicked off, which wanted to talk about specifically, but want to talk about just six players in general, Sean, that I think had big weeks. So I want to start with Jane Lamar who is a running back out of Lake Stevens High School in Washington, Lake Stevens, Washington. They beat Glacier Peak to move now to 7-2 and two on the season. 57-17, Sean. Dominating victory. In this game, Jaden Lamar had four touchdown runs. Anytime you have four touchdowns, you're going to make the list. You just are. Only carried the ball 18 times, had four touchdowns, ran for over 100 yards, 103 yards. But also wanted to put this one out there, Sean. The reason I want to add him to the list is, is his younger brother is a 2025 kid, a sophomore running back as well, Jay Sean Lamar. And Jay Sean Lamar was offered by Notre Dame this weekend. So pretty cool. Younger brother gets offered. You have four touchdowns in a th- uh, in a 40-point blowout, right? Yeah, in a 40-point blowout in this game. So big momentum hit for Jane Lamar playing a good football game in a big victory. And also younger brother, Jayshon Lamar, for the 2025 guys out there that want to talk about 2025 recruits. We're going to be talking about another Lamar in a couple cycles, which is pretty fun.
2: The fact that they offered him, it makes you think about the Bowen situation. But there are some guys on this staff, I wonder how you feel. There are some guys on this staff that as soon as I see a certain position offered, I trust it immediately. Like, immediately I trust it. Like, I haven't seen the film. I haven't gone to the film. I trust this evaluation.
1: He and he's a, So so. just to add to that, Sean, to let you finish your point, yeah. he's much different than his brother. His brother's right. like 5'10", 5'11", 195. Jay Sean, even though he's only a sophomore, is already 6'1", 205. So he's yeah. a bigger back, which he's is interesting.
2: Yeah. And like I said, it just goes back to the diversity of certain rooms, what coaches are looking for. And it's certain coaches on the staff that I just, not that I don't trust other coaches on the staff to evaluate, but it's just certain guys you are like, okay, I know. Like if you see a D-back, a defensive back get an offer from Notre Dame, it's like, okay, this kid, I I, I really trust this and I haven't gone to the film yet. And this is just the same thing for running back. Like you said, if you go watch the limited amount of film that he has out there, He's much bigger right now, and I expect him to become even more dominant as he goes into his junior year and his senior year. So let's, it's, it's so that jump, right? Because he's right at that point where that South Florida junior year is where kids make that jump. Mm-hmm. Like, you start to see them go from being a good player to like, oh, man, this kid is something else. And I expect him to make that jump, and I expect his film to look even better. You know, moving forward. So it's well-deserved It's well-deserved. I don't think we're just in the habit of just, you know, giving out family offers
1: now. Now
2: that's,
1: that's why I wanted to start the uh, Eli and Peyton Bowen visit thing, Sean, with the fact yeah. that like Notre Dame's recruiting Eli Bowen because they really like Eli Bowen. It has yeah. nothing to do with Peyton Bowen. I think this is yeah. the same situation, right? Jay Sean Lamar is a very talented player. I mean, he had 14 touchdowns as a freshman last year on a talented Lake Stevens team. So he's a good football player, right? And so Notre Dame likes him. I just want to add something to the chat because this, this gets talked about every single week, Sean, when I say Michael Mayer is either the number one tight end in the, in the country or is number two, right? It's either him or it's um or it's Brock Bowers, depending on how you rank them. And I always see someone say, that Michael Mayer is ranked as the number one draft prospect of the tight ends. Again, I've repeated this several times and I want to repeat this again. I'm sorry. It's just something that's misinformation. Brock Bowers is not eligible to enter the 2023 NFL draft. He's only a true sophomore. So we are comparing players of two different draft classes. So that's just bad information, right? It's bad information. They're both very good football players though. And I think that there could be an argument between the all around game of Michael Mayer, winning in the air a little bit more, a little more physical, a little higher effort as a blocker or a dynamic yak threat athletes of a Brock Bowers. If you can pick what either one you want and I'd be like, yep, you got a star, right? Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So i, I you know, it's just, Chill with it, man. Chill with it. All right. So that's one. I'm sorry. That's just grabs my gears. Grinds my gears, man. All right. So that's one. Another talented running back, wide receiver that was that was in action this weekend, Sean. This was arguably the biggest stat line of the weekend. So Derby High School in the state of Kansas played against Newton in the first round of their playoff, Sean. They won 49 to 20, dominating victory by Derby. Derby will now actually face off against Lawrence next week, which I heard is actually going to be a really good game because Lawrence is 6-3, and three, Derby is 7-2. and two. But, of course, Dylan Edwards, star running back at his high school level, expected to be a wide receiver kind of gadget player at Notre Dame. He carried the ball on this day, shot 15 times on 15 carries. He had 266 yards and three touchdowns. Also, Derby only completed one pass in this game, only one completion, And it was to Dylan Edwards for 26 yards. So on the day, on 16 touches, Dylan Edwards averaged 18.3 yards per catch. He's now up to 1,533 yards and 23 touchdowns on just 142 carries. So he's averaging 10.6 yards per carry this week. So, Sean, as is the case just about every week, Dylan (laughs) Edwards makes the list because he is just, frankly, ridiculous. Just a ridiculous athlete.
2: What else can we say about this kid, man? What else? You know how we beg for people to give us content? Like, players, come on, show us something. It's almost like, dude, relax. We we can't. We don't have enough time to talk about everything you give us on a weekly basis. Like, <laughs> take a week off. Let us catch up. That's how explosive he is. It really is. And I can't wait to see this young man, however they decide to use him, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I don't, man, I, however they decide to use him, just get him on the field. Special yep. team, kick return, punt return, running back, wildcat, split them out. However, you want to use them, just get them on the field. You,
1: you know, you know what I said to uh, what I said to, to Brian at the game, Sean. And I was completely being a troll and being trying to be funny, but I was like, mm-hmm. I can't wait for Dylan Edwards Edwards start a gap runner at the next level. What? I can't wait for it. <laughs> 160
2: pounds of them in front of the oh. A gap. I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> but, or or to have a three three five and give your speed guy a pitch, like really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. go ahead and just run right to their speed. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be interesting. So, Dylan Edwards, talented player. Have him on the list every single week because he is that good. That good. Jaden Greathouse, Sean, another guy that makes our list just about every week. They blew out Westlake, blew out Bowie High School, forty-five to nothing. Jaden Greathouse collected another eight receptions, which is actually a season high, by the way. Eight receptions for one hundred and fifteen yards and two touchdowns. If you watch his highlights, he had a sixty-yard touchdown where he just ran by a dude. I was like, oh, Jaden had a little more gear than I thought. Maybe he did working deep. So on the season, again. Very talented team. Westlake is 9-0 and now. He plays on a team that had to replace Kate K- Klubnick, though, so the quarterback position has been a little bit up and down, but he has 40 receptions for 731 yards, 10 touchdowns receiving. He also is averaging 14.9 yards per return. Has taken three punts back to the house as well. So dynamic weapon, Sean. Alpha, he's my favorite player as far as who's the guy that comes in early. And is has the ability to impact the the rotation. I think that that is Jaden Greathouse. Like he's that guy to me. He's my he's my bet for offensive side of the ball, being the early playing time guy. That's my pick.
2: Hmm. hmm. I, can't, I can't push back. I can't push back. I would love to say a couple of other players, but the depth chart, I don't think is going to allow for it. I think the opportunity of wide receiver is definitely going to be there. So I, I totally
1: agree with you. Totally agree. Uh, Man, I I just, I'm hoping for it, man. I'm hoping for it, you know, like I, (laughs) I, I'm hoping there's a couple 2023 wide receivers that we see a, a good amount of next year. Like, I'm not saying that they all have to start. I'm not saying they're both going to come in and be starters. Mm-hmm. But if we don't see a lot of Jane Greathouse next year, then it's flawed, right? Like, there's a flaw because he's also an early enrollee. So he should be able to come in and establish what, because to, Tobias is big thing, right? Tobias is starting to get more playing time now. Tobias didn't have spring. And that's still not an excuse because he should have been playing before this. But. Having the spring, I think, is going to be big for Jaden. Having the summer is going to be big for Jaden. Then, obviously, having the fall and the winter, too, winter workouts as well. So, he'll have a lot of time to really try to grab a role, which I think will be big for him. So, yeah. All right. And then your guy, Sean, also talking about him almost every week. Andrean beat, Let Le- is it LaVille? Is that how you pronounce it? LaVille? Yeah. LaVille. <laughs> so, it- at the time. Yeah, man, they were undefeated. I, I, I know we talked about that last week where I was like, oh, and, Andrean's probably got a tough draw in the first round. But Andrean came out and they smacked him, man. 28-6, to 6, dominated him. And a big reason that domination happened is because Drake Bowen was on his game this weekend. Offensively, we'll start there. He right, He's running back, even though he's going to play linebacker for Notre Dame. Ran for 218 yards and three touchdowns on 26 carries, Sean. So that's like eight yards a pop in the victory. Also on the defensive side of the ball, he had 15 tackles and two tackles for loss playing the linebacker position. So if you want to talk about a complete game impact, there's no question who was the best player on the field in this football game and pretty much every week that Drake Bowen plays, man. Just another fantastic game for him in this victory for Andrean. Look, when
2: I talked to him, when they struggled early in the season, it was about circling the wagons, and going to their playmakers, Pat Clacks, who is a wide receiver, twenty-four class from Andrean, um, working hard, great relationship with Chancey Stuckey, looking to get that offer. And then Drake, they took it upon themselves. They they just started making plays on both sides of the ball. And they've been the leaders for this Andrean crew as they've come back. Uh, they face Brennan. And like I said, uh, they're, they're favorite. From here on out, they're the favorite, you know. they I think they have a team from around the Indianapolis area. It's going to be a difficult task for them, according to Drake, if they end up meeting them. But I fully expect Andrean to take care of business.
1: Yeah, and they are playing. I wrote it down. They'll be traveling to Bremen is Bremen. how you pronounce it, right? Eight and four Bremen, and drain is now up to seven and three. So – That'll be an interesting one. They are traveling, so they will be away in this game. But if you all want to hear from Drake Bowen, Sean, I didn't even tell you about this yet. But if you all are big fans of Drake Bowen, which I am, you might want to stay locked into the YouTube channel because there might be a nice interview in the future uh, that you might want to listen to. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast and uh, you might have a fun interview coming up here soon. Micah Bell, Sean, another frequent to the list here. The Kincaid School out of the state of Texas defeated St. John's 38 to 28 this past weekend. Micah Bell ran for 140 yards and two touchdowns on 23 carries on the season. Sean, he's run for over 1,100 yards, 1,186 yards, and 14 touchdowns in just 10 games. That was the first playoff game for him this past uh, this past weekend. They will now go uh, against Episcopal this past uh, this next week. Who they actually just lost to them, I think two weeks ago, 21 to 15. So they get a little bit of rematch this year, this week, Nick Cade School. But another one, man, we talked about the dynamic ability. We talked about the straight line speed. We talked about the ability to play multiple positions if he wanted to. That's Micah Bell. Michael Bell is gonna play cornerback at Notre Dame, Sean. He is. I want to see him and Dylan Edwards have a race. I'll leave it like that. I want to see them race because I think it will be a very interesting foot race. And Michael Bell's oh, a dynamic it. player.
2: If you keep putting that in the atmosphere, Coach Freeman might be looking for you, bro. He might. Be I want to see
1: it, man. I just want to see it. Throw Peyton Bowen in there, too. I, I just yeah. want to see it. Do you cheat when you watch Notre Dame games?
2: Uh, Ivy Nation, do you cheat when you watch Notre Dame games? What's that mean? What's that mean? Like, do you visually put twenty three kids
1: <laughs> in certain positions when you're watching the game? Well, man, if, I, if we had an updated uh, NCAA video game, I would. I'd be like, uh... I,
2: like I, I, I've already put like Christian, you know, I've already put Benjamin Morrison and Jay Mickey in a position to where they can follow anybody around the field, specifically in the slot and you have a combination of you know what cam is back christian gray is on the other side you got your limp outside you got your fast guys inside and then here comes michael bell like in that mix with those yeah i cheat i don't know if everybody else cheats like (laughs) i I put jeremiah love in the backfield and chris (laughs) Chris tyree sets. i cheat i'm sorry I put Jaden Greyhouse in the slot, like, every time. I just take – I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm sorry. (laughs) Jaden Thomas, I kind of just take you out, man, and just, you know, (laughs) I put Jaden Greyhouse there. I guess I am treating it like NCAA a little bit, like, but just using the actual game to say, yo, what is – I wonder what this would look like if this guy was here and this guy was there.
1: You know what I I like – You know what I like to do in NCAA, man. I used to, uh, I used to recruit at a Mm -hmm. high level. Obviously, I would recruit, I would redshirt everyone, and then I would get it to like the redshirt senior year, right? Like I would simulate all the way to redshirt senior year, get everyone to stay, you know, give them all their stuff so they come back to school, and then I play that final season the whole way through with all my guys as redshirt. I mean, you have like (laughs) ninety nines (laughs) everywhere. It's
2: fantastic, man. I hope they update it, though. Because if you yeah. can play video games, it was really easy to dominate in NCAA. It was. So, yeah.
1: I can't wait until we have a little IB challenge and I get to play Brian and I just bring out the triple option against him and see what he can do with me. Because I don't think he can do anything with me. I don't think he can do it, man. So if we
2: had video game rankings, where would Brian, Brian sit? I know he's going to watch this if he doesn't watch this right now.
1: <laughs> so out of what? So it's me, you, Sean Stiers, Vince, and Brian? Is that how we're doing this? Yeah. I mean, I would I would definitely say that Sean Stiers would probably be last, right? Because he doesn't seem like a gamer to me, all due respect no. to him. I wouldn't
2: doubt Sean Stiers. Huh. Yeah. He's a yeah. tough son
1: of
2: a gun. I would like to watch Vince and Brian go with it, though.
1: Yeah, I bet you Vince got some skills. I bet you Vince got some skills.
2: He uh, probably plays with
1: with his kids and stuff. His kids. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian might be coming in fourth, man. He might be fourth.
1: Yeah, I. All I have to say is I will be number one. I have no doubts in my abilities. No, my no doubts.
2: You should. You should talk that talk. You
1: should. I, I'm, the, yeah. I'm the. I'm the. I'm the youngest person on the staff too, Sean. So I got, definitely have the best reflexes. Hey, you know.
2: Yeah. talk your talk. I would be doing the <laughs> same thing. I have no problem with you. none at all.
1: None oh, enough. man. I can't, I can't wait for those times, though, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. All right, so last one that I want to talk about, Sean, because we never talk about this young man because, I mean, all due respect, I, I've watched a couple of his games. They're dominant team, Lakota West, dominant team, but you never get a box score from them. They never post stats on max preps or – just anywhere on the internet. So you can't really go off of, hey, Ben Minich had twenty seven tackles during this football game, right? So, but uh Ladarius wants to use Oklahoma. Okay, Ladarius, be a cheater. My God. It's like it's like picking the 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 uh so it's yeah. like picking the um What's their names? The Warriors a couple years ago in NBA 2K, like just chucking threes all game. Come on, man! It's not, it's not, it's not, football. It's not football. I'll take Navy and beat you, Ladarius. I'll take Navy and destroy you, man. Yeah, so if
2: you're bringing that Oklahoma defense, you might be in trouble.
1: Yeah, whatever the worst FBS team is, I'm bringing yeah, them in and I'm please. smacking Ladarius, smacking them. Wow. Worse. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Ronald can get it too. He just said it too. He just said it too. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last one. I started my intro and you guys got me distracted. I have ADHD, folks. Leave the chat alone for a minute, all right? So... Lakota West, Sean, played Lebanon this past week and went 43-0. I think it was like their third shutout of the season. They're giving up as a team. They're outscoring their opponents. They're 11-0, Lakota West. They are 11-0. They've outscored opponents 408-92 to on the season, which means they're only letting up 8.6 points per game as a defense. And a big reason for that, big reason for that, is Ben Minich, who's had a ter- terrific senior season. Every time I've seen his game streams, he is just all over the place, man. He really is. He's playing safety well. He's a big player for them as a wide receiver. He's blocked the punt this year. He's done a lot of great stuff for Lakota West, done a lot of really good things. They are face off against Princeton this weekend, playoff game, second round. They've already, already beaten Princeton this year 31-7. to So they've already dominated that football game. Lakota West looks like they are ready for that championship run, Sean. 11-0, they've been absolutely dominant this football season, and Ben Minich is a big reason why.
2: We talked about that safety combination and Ben Minich all season long, and I think Ben Minich has been a pleasant surprise to both of us since he committed. I think our uh, thoughts on the young man when he originally got the offer, and then when he committed, it was like, "Oh, okay." And then we started to see his senior film, and it was like, "Oh, yep. oh,
1: look, okay." He look, looks different athletically this year than he did. Yeah. Like, I again, man, I liked some of his film, but like, it just wasn't a guy for me at the time based upon junior film that I would have been like, "That's a take right now." Like, definitely, senior film has been a much different story. To your point, it's been much different. No doubt.
2: Much different, much different. And this is my question before we mm-hmm. move on real quick.
1: Yep. Is it a byproduct of who he plays next to? Does, I mean, does it help? Yeah, it yeah. helps. It yeah. helps. I mean, anytime you have other talented players around you, it makes you – it lets you be more free. Like I think that the one thing that you saw with – like I'll use an example that's on the team now for Notre Dame – when Brandon Joseph was a, on Northwestern in the 2020 season, when there was a better team around him, you know they yeah. had Greg Newsome at corner, which Greg went Newsom in the first there. round. Yeah. They had Patty Fisher. They had uh, Gallagher, a linebacker that were both really good football players for Northwestern. They had a really good defense that year. He was allowed to play his role and play it really well.
2: Yeah. And
1: then you saw a 2021 version where you're like, Brandon Joseph's still good, but he's not quite as good because the rest of the team around him is not as good, right? Right. So, does it help Ben Minich being next to Malik Harford for sure? No doubt, no doubt. But I think the the things that have impressed me about Minich is he looks more explosive this year, right? Like he looks more filled out, he looks explosive, he looks like a caliber, a higher caliber of athlete than what I thought he looked like as a junior. So, yeah, I think that it's helping his his production. But I think that the on the field you can see that his traits are just kind of at a higher level this year. Yeah, I think he was being, I think.
2: I'll leave it at this. I think he has tapped into something. Like when guys figure it out, I think he's figured something out about himself in his game. And I think he's going to continue to get better. I really do. I think he's going to be a really good, solid player in Notre Dame. I really do. I think
1: so, too. I think so, too. And we always talked about this. I always thought he had a really nice floor. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I can imagine him being... I can imagine him being a, a core special teamer for his entire career, and just giving you some some snaps as a backup, and yep. that's fine, man. You still need those guys; like you need yeah. them. So, so so shame. Like if you play football Notre Dame in that role, and you get your degree, and you do all that type of stuff, it's something to be proud of. Yeah. But I think what you've seen from Minish this year gives me more hope that like, hey, his ceiling might be higher than I originally anticipated. and originally gave him credit for. It. Like that's what yeah. gets you excited. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And uh, someone just said Bo Bauer 2.0. Zach Martin said just as a safety, and it could it could happen. Zach, like again, Bo was never a star, but Bo was a key special teams player, their best special teams player as far as coverage mm-hmm. unit, and yeah. he g- gave you some snaps as a linebacker. Like, could Ben Minich do that? At worst, I think so. I think he could do that. I do. I'd be surprised if I'd be surprised if Ben Minich wasn't a core special teamer during some point in his Notre Dame career at least. Like, I think he has that baseline.
2: No, well, it wouldn't shock me at all.
1: So that's going to do it for this Recruiting Hour. We're going to get into the mailbag next. Before we transition to the mailbag, if you could please like, share, subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification bell, sign up at boards.irishbreakdown.com. We'll continue to have some great recruiting intel this weekend as Notre Dame takes on Clemson. But that will do it for the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour.